0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Middle of the week here, and we are... Just over, by the time some of you are listening to this, we'll actually be exactly one week away from the NBA trade deadline. But as we record, just over a week away from the trade deadline, we've got some more trade rumors to get into today. Some news, some injury updates, some good, some bad. A lot of stuff to talk about. By the way, I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith Smith, joining me at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, where do you want to start? We've got a lot of topics today to, to get into.
2: Yeah. I mean, there is a lot. Let's probably, let's start with the big one. Let's start with Joel Embiid, I
1: guess. That's the uh,
2: the big one got injured last Scary. night. So a lot of controversy around Joel Embiid. He, he was, uh, missed the game against the Nuggets, uh, was a very late scratch. He warmed up. Team didn't feel good about him playing. Didn't let him play. A lot of people had a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. And then he played against the Warriors and he got hurt. Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, fell into his leg it doesn't sound like it's going to be like one of those oh no that's the season kind of things yeah but he did have to leave the game and uh and now we're kind of back to or where are we at in the meantime they have slipped i believe if i have this correct i want to say they're fifth now in the east is that does, does that sound right yeah, yeah i believe you're right
1: east. uh yep. yes they are they are indeed fifth. they are uh they are now they're tied in terms of games back With the Cavs, they're seven games back, but they are twenty-nine and seventeen. The Cavs are twenty-eight and sixteen, so that gives them a slightly higher winning percentage. So, and the Knicks um, passed
2: them last night because the Knicks won again. Eight games uh, in a row for New York. Yeah, eight games in a row. Both the Knicks and Cavs nine and one in their last ten games. So. Uh, just yeah, on really, really, uh, move, moving up there and, and for the Knicks, pretty impressive because they did without Julius Randle and OG Ananobi. So that's uh, you uh know good, good, really good basketball being played in New York right
1: now. Yeah. The, both teams are uh, on fire doing what they need to do mm-hmm. and moving on up and, and making an even closer race in the Eastern conference. Um, and yeah, the Cavs get you... Darius
2: Garland back tonight. That's right. So,
1: Exciting so stuff. Dude, they just yep. got back Evan Mobley as well. So they're getting back to back to full strength here. Yeah. Um, Uh, You know, watching the play, watching the play with Jonathan Kaminga, he does land on Embiid's knee. Embiid is on the ground, by the way, and it kind of, it it looked, I'm not a doctor, but it very much looked like a hyperextension. That was what everybody was saying, was it's a hyperextension, the way his knee kind of bent the wrong way there. Uh, His foot was planted on the ground. He's kind of in a seated position, legs out, extended, and uh, Kaminga kind of lands on him, going for a loose ball. Um, That brought some discussion about the rules that when a ball is loose, how guys just kind of pile on top of each other. And if that needs to be adjusted, but also there were questions about whether Kaminga should have been diving on to Embiid the way that he did, or if he should have known better than to do that. Do you put any blame on Jonathan Kaminga for the, the situation?
2: Not really. I mean, it may have been a little reckless, but I don't think there was any intent yeah. to hurt, to hurt Joel Embiid at all. I think it was loose ball. We Need a win desperately. Uh, our season is not going well. We we got to start uh, winning these games and I, I'm going to get that ball. And I think that's all there was to it. I I know some people feel like it's because hey, it's this way always, right? Anytime somebody on your own team gets hurt, you feel like the other side, it was dirty, unless it's mm-hmm. a complete non-contact thing. I just, I don't know. I didn't see anything there that screamed dirty. Yeah, reckless for sure. But kind of get where camigas is coming from, from the standpoint of, I got to go all out because we, we we need to win.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, in Lakers circles, Solomon Hill is still vilified <laughs> for, yes. for what he did to, uh, when LeBron was at the top of the MVP voting and then has Solomon Hill roll up on his ankle. People are still angry at Solomon Hill uh, for that. So I know the way that goes. Yes, people, if Zaza you're... Pachulia Zaza
2: Pachulia. Zaza Pachulia, right?
1: for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, if you're a fan of that team and your guy gets injured, it it is a bad play. But... I think, given the way the rules are in the NBA right now, and you're right, given the situation, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Now, I thought the play was coming to an end anyway, but that was that was still a close game, and I understood the the urgency for the Warriors to get that one. Kaminga, I thought had a, had a fantastic game. By the way, he's really coming on um, for the Warriors. He's been doing some good things there. Yeah, he's um,
2: been really good over the last couple of
1: weeks. Yeah, so he's a guy that uh, we talked about it yesterday. Potentially, that you know, the death of a dynasty, the moving some guys away. I don't think they're going to move on from him. I think they'll keep him and uh, make him part of their, uh, a big part of their future. Uh, all right. Speaking of the the moving players and the trade deadline, the Rockets, uh, who have had some impressive wins this season, they are are looking like a buyer, another buyer on the market, uh, putting an offer in, several picks in the deal reportedly. From Mikhail Bridges. Now the Nets don't want to move him, so I don't think this is going to come to fruition. I don't think it's going to turn into a done deal or anything, but worth noting that the Rockets are behaving as a as a buyer out there on the market. And specifically that they'd be looking for a wing like Bridges.
2: Yeah, really uh like interesting stuff there with with this with the Bridges. Uh it's hard to even call it really an offer because it sounds like it never fully got to that point it sounds Uh like there were reports the Rockets were willing to offer a whole bunch of stuff and the Nets shut it down before the conversation even started which is I want to talk about that for a minute here but let's stay with the Rockets part of it do you like this idea for Houston like let's really try to go all in right now
1: I think it's it's a little bit early, but what I don't mind is Bridges is not like 32. You know, we've talked about him being older than people realize. I believe he's 27, 28, something like that. But you look at Fred VanVleet, you look at you look at Dylan Brooks, some of the guys they they do have younger guys. Jalen Green, of course, uh, Alperen Sengun. You know, they've got they've got some of those guys. But I do think that because he's more like a mid 20s guy, he's probably he'll be in his prime for another four or five years. I'm okay with it in that sense. I don't think they're ready for the big move just yet. But again, if it's a guy where you're saying, hey, let's take a step forward this year, and then we've got a core to build around going into next year, I'm fine with it. Very, very different story if they're suddenly knocking on the Bulls door saying, hey, what can we give you for DeMar DeRozan?
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, we don't need to get crazy. If they could go get to our DeMar DeRozan for a very minimal price and they felt like hey we can sign them for a two-year contract after this season or even turn that into a an extending trade kind of deal or something I'm I'm perfectly fine with that I I have no issue with that if that's the way they want to go but yeah you can't be out there offering here's four first round picks for DeMar DeRozan if you're Houston that just doesn't make sense so I think in this position for the Rockets I think they're in a great place to be really flexible because I think what they've done is you've created a good enough feelings about where you're at. Like we've stepped forward, we've moved it forward. We're in a good place. And people aren't like, we have to make the playoffs. Like if we're not in the playoffs, you know, this was all a mess. I think most rocket fans are like, Hey, we've already been, Better than maybe we thought we were gonna be like this is really good. Like we're competitive, we're competing for a play in uh tournament spot. So this is really good stuff. So I think if you're Houston, you could be a little bit aggressive without feeling like we have to make a move. And if it's the right kind of guy, and if they feel like it's Mikhail Bridges, then I'm okay with that. So let's flip it to the Nets. Mm-hmm. If you're the Nets, are you like nope, won't even listen to your offers? Like, let's not even start the conversation. Because I'm not there, I think that's crazy. Like, I think think you
1: have to listen. You have to listen to these offers, and particularly because of what we talked about yesterday. When you look at how many teams have accumulated the mass of first round picks, there's not like if the Rockets come in and say, "Hey, you know, three firsts or something or four, you know, whatever it is," there's there's a lot of teams out there that might want bridges that that actually can't give you that kind of they don't have that kind of draft capital to give you anymore you know that you've got you've got these opportunities that are now a little bit more rare because the the teams that are kind of on the bottom that are on the rebuild have accumulated so many of these picks and they're not going to be buyers in this market so i think you have to listen and the nets their season has obviously been struggling we've heard all about you know spencer dinwiddie being on the market we've heard about dorian finney smith and royce o'neill and I like Bridges a lot. I think he can be part of the future of the Nets. But if the right offer comes along, I think you got to consider it. Because I will say, I don't think he's a 1A guy. And until you get that guy, you're looking for that. That's what you're trying to find. And if you have to move a guy who maybe is at best a 1B guy, probably more like kind of a third guy, and that's going to give you a shot at getting that 1A guy, you got to consider it
2: yeah that's where i'm at you could have by all reports that it's reporting that's out there i think it was Sham shirania kelly eco from the athletic put the bulk of this together was they were willing to even talk about hey you want some of your picks back from Mm -hmm. uh from from deals that we've made and if that's a case then oh boy like here like that now frees you up considerably right if you wanted to all right, we're trading Bridges. Let's move off a few more guys and bottom this thing out this year because we got our own pick back. That's on the table right now. Now you have that. Whereas otherwise, I think to some extent, the smart plan is treated as a sunk cost. Mm -hmm. Don't make decisions based on not having your pick, but you could and almost double benefit, right? Like we, we, off we go because we have our own pick. I, I don't think Mikhail Bridges is that guy where you're like shutting everybody down before you even hear what the offers are and that that to me that's a mistake i don't think the nets have that guy on the roster yet Mm -hmm. i think you got to be open to just about anything that doesn't mean mikhail bridges goes for a top 20 protected pick and that's it like that's crazy like i i think there's there's middle ground there where you can find something that's workable
1: you know what the Nets should do is they should get their picks back from Houston and then flip those picks to Phoenix for Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> and just just to go around games. and around and just, right? just swap out the same pieces over and over and over again.
2: I just like the idea of like, I, I just want Sean Marks to be like, I want my picks back. All of, All of them. them. And I want David Putney because <laughs> I feel like
1: <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I feel like it. Oh, you know you know, we've talked about that movie a bunch. The end result, everybody's cheering and stuff like that. I'm like, that would never happen. People would be like, we could have had Bo Callahan. Yeah, regard you know, they wouldn't be like, oh, Sonny Weaver. If he thinks this, they were criticizing him going into the draft. Oh, if Sonny Weaver doesn't think that the Bo Callahan's the guy, I don't think he's the guy either. No way, they'd be calling for his head.
2: On the flip side, I mean, he he got a running back. He for, did, you know, three second round picks. So.
1: But. If, Who's spending Who's spending second round picks on on running back? I mean, some I mean, of them are going going at the top of the draft, but I mean, place, it's pretty right? pretty that, rare he's like right 10 now.
2: Years old, like running backs were still true. important then. So yeah, nowadays you wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess Bijan and Jameer Gibbs both went both <laughs> went you know first round this year. But anyway, that we we could go down a whole rabbit hole about whether or not he actually made a good deal at the end. Three second round picks to get a running back, and then you know, get to pay Vontae Mack first round salary when you could have got him at seven. But regardless, we can break down Sonny Weaver's moves (laughs) whenever we want. Vontae Mack,
2: no matter what.
1: That's right. No matter what. No matter what. Um, All right. Let's jump over to, oh, let's go here. Uh, Speaking of draft day, the two-night draft is now official. NBA draft will be split into two days, round one, one day, round two, the second day. What what do you think the overall effect is that of this is going to be, besides just fans have to spend two days watching the draft now? what Do you think this will change anything as far as the trade front or moves or, or anything like that?
2: I think there's a chance it will make the second night even more interesting, where you may see second night is more often involved around buying a pick or we're trading – uh, two picks for one pick kind of mm-hmm. thing, Or we're going to trade you our 45th pick with next year's second rounder for your 30th pick this year and those kind of things. You may see almost a reset of, all right, this guy went off the board uh, from a draftee or this player was traded. It may be just that pause and everybody gets a chance to reset, turns it into, okay, now we've got some other stuff moving. So just so everybody knows what's going to happen uh, this year, It is going to be on uh, June 26th, which is Wednesday. That'll be the first round. Mm -hmm. The second round will be on June 27th. Uh, The first round is going to be at the Barclays Center in in Brooklyn. The second round will take place at ESPN Studios. So I don't really know what that means. I don't know if everybody picks up and moves all the draft people or how that's going to work. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Um, ABC ESPN will have – coverage of the first round and ESPN will have coverage of second round both nights start at eight o'clock here's the big change is first round continue to be five minutes per pick second round which is has been for years has been two minutes per pick it's going to go up to four minutes per pick and that's oh. how they're going to lengthen out the you know otherwise the second round would be would be over in like an hour and a half ish by the time you started with the pre-draft stuff and things like that.
1: So, and and heaven forbid you not have as much time to cram in commercials, right?
2: Yeah, right. So that's also <laughs> definitely a factor here. I'll also say this. I hope, especially on the second round, like we got to get like Jonathan Gavoni and Jeremy Wu, ESPN's yeah. two draft guys. They have to be on there. Maybe even a college basketball guy or two. I know Jay Billis is kind of on there, but we need people who actually know these kids. No offense to any of the other ESPN talent, but if they're just going to be up there screaming and like, I don't know anything about these guys and, you know, you need to go big man, and, you know, whatever it is, we don't need that. Like that's going to, yeah. it's not going to be good for anybody. So let's get people who actually know these guys to really break it down. I think it's kind of fun because rather than, all right, we had a trade and we have three minutes, five minutes to break down the trade. We could come back to it the next night. I think that part is kind of neat, too. So I, I, I'm i open-minded about it. I, I kind of like the one-night draft, but uh, I'm open-minded. That'll be a good change.
1: You know, I, I think it definitely can be a good change. I think uh, it can allow for a little bit more creativity in the second round when we see deals and things of that nature. One thing, though, is you know, when you said that date, and I'd seen it before, but it didn't really sink in. Like June 26th, that's a late draft. I went, I double checked last year's draft was June 22nd. I thought it was usually early, you know, June 20th, 21st, 22nd, like right it in there. It's a little later. It is a little bit later. And I wonder what kind of impact that's going to have to the 26th and the 27th is the draft. We know free agency officially starts. I mean, July 1st, technically, but like
2: the 30th, June,
1: June yeah. 30th, really right. I mean, we tend to think of July 1st as the start, but June 30th, it'll, it'll kick off. So now it's a shortened window between the end of the draft and start of free agency. I I do wonder if that will make teams feel a little bit more of a crunch because like the second the draft ends, you really got to pivot and focus on, on free agency, which I mean, really, you're going to have to focus on it even before the draft and be working on these things. Not that I would ever suggest that anything is done in free agency ahead of the actual buzzer. That that is not a thing. Nobody would ever, ever, ever do that. Sure. Yeah. No, that does not happen. But That's that'll be another interesting dynamic to see do teams wind up feeling like they're scrambling by the end of the draft as they kind of pivot towards free agency and does, you know, what happens on draft night obviously is going to affect what some of their goals are during the free agency period.
2: Yeah, and it's always a little bit of a weird spot at the by the time you get to the NBA finals, you have two teams that are all in on doing everything they can to win a championship, then you have the front office focus is very split because so this is very, these are the real dates for this year. We could have um, June 23rd could be game seven. That is when game seven is scheduled. If there is one for the NBA finals. Wow. Three days later, the first round of the draft, then the second round, the next day, then two days, and then the opening of free agency on the 30th. So super compact, tight timeline. It's not totally unique there's generally if the finals goes late there's usually it's more like five days in between mm-hmm. i think the other thing too that the nba is working around a little bit as far as player availability for stuff there are olympic qualifying tournaments that are going to be happening oh, in june and july um that are going to be be uh guys are just they're not going to necessarily be available uh, for that, I think they're actually at the very tail end of June and in the beginning part of July. I'd have to look those dates up. Um, but those, those, how, how they're going to fill the last uh, few spots in the uh, 2024 Olympic Games. So everything's working on a very kind of compressed uh timeline, and that's where a lot of this stuff is factoring in,
1: Keith. You know, the June 23rd, you're saying, could be game seven of the NBA right. final. So you could win, in theory, you could have players who win an NBA championship. And then your victory parade probably the earliest would be maybe Tuesday, the 25th. Yeah. So and then free agency starts the 30th. That's that's the next Sunday. Yep. So before you could have your victory parade, and before you've even gone a week, you could be off the team.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the tight windows in the NBA that they work under. And a big part of a lot of this stuff has been. Get this stuff done so we can get uh get, get people in there for the um you know for summer league and the like and all that, you know, right? They want to have uh guys available in, in summer league and everything. Looking it up, so the Nuggets, the game it only went five games, so it ended on the 12th, um, the mm. finals last year. Uh but yeah, I mean, only what's uh two and a half weeks later, Bruce Brown wow. was gone and off to the Pacers. So yeah, crazy tight, tight windows, but two night draft. I'm, I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to go in with a sure. positive attitude that I think it'll be really good. Uh, we'll probably plan to do something live mm-hmm. uh, for the first round. I think the second round, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll retweet we'll, to watching it ourselves. And
1: We'll be you know, on standby in the event that some yeah, big trade happens. Exactly. Yes. If
2: something crazy happens, we'll, I know I'll be sitting in front of the computer and the TV, so if something crazy happens, we'll turn the mic on and get into it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The next big thing, a week from tomorrow, trade deadline day. That's right. We'll be live trade deadline day. We'll we'll get you that time soon. I know people have been asking, you know, what time are you guys going live? It's we generally do right around one o'clock ish mm-hmm. or so eastern, a couple hours ahead of the trade deadline. And then we'll we'll go probably three, four hours. Kind of kind of depends on what kind of de- what the deadline brings us. If it's yeah. busy all the way up through three o'clock and it's like, hey, there's still details trickling out about deals we'll we'll stay and keep keep breaking them down but we will be live for at least a couple hours probably three or four hours on trade deadline day will be a lot of fun
1: yeah that's gonna be a blast uh trade deadline day is usually a good time we'll see hopefully it is this year too uh, we get <laughs> we, we get a lot of moves um all right let's get into uh oh well i guess you know what Let, let's go back to houston a little bit here the knicks uh reportedly covet tari eason and what if the rockets are acting as a buyer do you think they would turn around and trade away i mean i guess it depends on what they're getting back in return here
2: yeah i you know it's kind of funny because we got a report i think it was at the end of last week that the rockets are interested in quentin grimes right so let's go are right?
1: they just negotiating through the media right here is that is right. that what, the, what this is <laughs> It'd
2: be kind of funny if it was um hey you know i know hey it i guess it's kind of eye of the beholder like who do you like more yeah. i think i like Tari eason slightly more um, then, then, then they do Quentin Grimes, think like Tar Eason's just, I know for certain tar Eason's the kind of guy who can play 15 to 20 minutes a night, minimum mm-hmm. off the bench on any good team, just the energy he plays with, uh, part of what maybe the Knicks are looking at is, Hey, you got Cam Whitmore is playing pretty well. You already have uh, Jabari Smith jr. You still got a guy like Deshaun Tate. Like where are you trying to go with, right. with all this? Um, Yeah, you know, what what are we doing with Easton, who's been out with an injury? So, and the Knicks could use another backup forward to have in rotation. So, I I don't hate the idea for New York at all. I just kind of wonder, you know, where is that going, and what what would Houston's actual asking price be yeah. for Terry Easton?
1: Yeah, and that and that's going to be something that will, I mean, ultimately determine whether or not a, a deal gets done. From what I've heard, it sounds like asking prices around the league are still pretty high. But that's also not that uncommon. You're going to see movement towards the middle on both fronts, both the buyer and seller side of things, once we get even closer to that trade deadline, which, once again, is, is a week for tomorrow.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting there. And those are the kind of moves that tend to come up here mm-hmm. um, as we get closer is more of these role player moves up. Uh, Wojin is wednesdays with Woj or whatever the heck they're calling it over on threads he said he expects several role player trades yeah. to be done he he, he said he they, i'm par- very much paraphrasing but it's something along the lines of i don't know if there's going to be any blockbusters but i think there's going to be a lot of role player movement yeah. in, in the next
1: week but really Which is stuff that we like mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely and it's it is not because a couple people are like nothing's happening well again i'll remind you already had some big trades Mm -hmm. that went down the other part that i would remind everybody of is it's generally pretty quiet until about this this till about monday of Mm -hmm. next week that's when it generally starts to pick back up again
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Well, and we'll see. Hopefully it does. We'll have to we'll be waiting waiting patiently for Monday. And that's when the NBA is going to surprise us with like a boom Friday trade, you know, something right. like that. Wouldn't no, that it's going to be
2: Saturday when I'm at the soccer. Field. Oh,
1: that's that's when it'll be. Yep. They're going to wait. They're going to wait. Go. Yeah. Wh- wh- where's Keith at right now? Okay. Drop the Woj bomb um all right let's jump over here we got a couple of topics left malcolm brogdon who is very much on the trade market a player that a lot of people have talked about in in a lot of different rumors uh is is happy in portland you know he's i would be surprised if the trade deadline comes and goes and he stays in portland but he says he's happy there, doing what he's doing even though they're not winning a lot of games he's happened being being a starter there being the floor general there and doing doing what he's doing and that he feels valued there which you know, he he said also that he maybe didn't feel quite so valued in Boston. I don't know how much of that is because they were working to trade him and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but it, it seems like Brogdon is certainly not trying to push his way out of Portland, even if he is a guy that's in high demand on the trade market.
2: Yeah, I think the Brogdon not feeling valued stuff, I wonder at what point did that start that he didn't feel valued? Because if it was after last season... I don't necessarily blame him. They basically had him all but traded to the Clippers before the Clippers blew up the original construction of the Chris Apps Porzingis trade. Mm -hmm. Then they very clearly shopped him for the next several uh, weeks, months to them before sending him out and sending him off to the uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers. And that came because Drew Holiday landed there as part of the Damian Lillard trade. Brogdon has been a guy, he's just he's always been a little unhappy. He was there was a lot of stuff about he wasn't super thrilled at the end of his time in Milwaukee. There was stuff about how he wasn't always happy in Indiana. Uh he was very open last year with the Celtics and said it on the record, which I give him a lot of credit for. He's like, Yeah, I don't want to come off the bench. I'd rather mm-hmm. start. Like I've always been a starter, and that's okay. But he very much said, Hey, we're trying to win a title, so this is where they need me. I'm gonna play off the bench. So it's kind of I guess that's a long way of saying kind of in one ear out the other a little yeah. bit on this because I don't know what to make of all of this and you know and him saying like I'm playing for a championship coach and Chauncey Billups well yeah I mean Chauncey Billups won a title as a player he doesn't want anything as a coach <laughs> right. so sure let's settle down with all that rhetoric but yeah my guess is Malcolm Brogdon gets traded to to the Knicks or any number of other teams in the next uh two weeks he's probably gonna be very happy to be there too so you know I I, I don't know what to make of all of this
1: I, I think that when a guy comes out and says like hey I'm happy in Portland and think in, in the midst of all of these trade rumors I think the message is not so much I'm happy here. I really don't want to go anywhere I would not welcome a trade anywhere. It's just him trying to make sure everybody knows, look, I'm not pushing my way out. I'm not being that guy that's that's saying get me out of here or anything like that. I'm gonna play wherever I'm gonna play and 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 that's that I think and that's not a bad thing to put out there publicly, especially in today's day today's day and age where you've got you know we're in the era of trade demands. I think it's kind of the anti, Trade demand here, right? Like he's going out there and saying, "Look, I will do whatever. I'm happy here. I'll be happy somewhere else." This isn't him saying, "Please don't trade me." It's also not him saying, "I, I want to be on a team that's contending for a championship." At least that's not what he's saying publicly.
2: Yeah, agreed. I agreed. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I think he's, he's just saying, "Hey, I'm not going to raise a big stink if I don't get traded here." But it's, it's Portland's going to do what they need to do anyway, whether it's you know. They're not going to let up much How about how Malcolm Brogdon feels one way or another, change things for them. If they find the right deal for him, they're going to move him, And that, that's just as how it is. They're committed to, to, to rebuilding around the younger guys. They have Brogdon for now. He's playing a big role. Maybe he continues to do that for the remainder of this season. And it's summertime thing, but I don't know that this goes past the summertime with him on this roster. It just doesn't really make sense.
1: Agreed. All right. Let's jump over to the Bulls who, there's a there's a few rumors out there now that uh, this is I, I'm trying to remember who who's who had this but that the Bulls are unlikely to make a big move here at the trade deadline which you know isn't a surprise and they're not the only ones uh, there were there were a few other teams that kind of put out through through various sources and stuff that. That hey, we're probably not gonna do something big. This is also the time of year to kind of kind of put that out there. Like, yeah, nothing's really impressing us that yep. much. We probably won't do anything. in other words, like you better up your offers if yeah, your you offers want to get stink. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but they do lose Patrick Williams for uh, for two weeks. So he'll be out obviously through the trade deadline. Not that I was expecting him to get get moved, but um uh you know, nothing long term here, but I don't think this shifts too much of what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I don't think it changes anything. The Bulls have have done well to lift themselves out of being in the you know, range of like 12th in the East up to mm-hmm. their they're ninth. They're ahead of the Hawks by a game and a half. They're only a couple game, two, two and a half games behind the Heat and the Magic. So this is just, they didn't need this, I guess is the best way to put this. You just, that that's a position where they don't have a lot. I will say Julian Phillips, uh, second round player they drafted a year ago. He's been getting a lot of run, and he looks pretty good uh, for the Bulls in these last uh, handful of games that he's been playing. So this is kind of, again, give you lemons, make lemonade out of it, right? Where we're Patrick Williams is out, so we're going to give some extra minutes to, to Julian Phillips, and we'll see what it looks like. I still think most of the Bulls' story is going to be written in the next week when we find out what happens with Zach Levine. Does that trigger then? all right, maybe we should move DeMar DeRozan. Maybe we should move Alex Caruso. Where what, what do they get back in, in a trade for Levine if they move him at all? You know, Where does this all look like? Because otherwise, I think it's just going to leave a lot more questions that are going to linger into the summertime and all that stuff, and it's going to be, all right, did we just kind of roll all this over except now a couple guys are free agents and can move on? What is that going to look like? But from the Pat Patrick Williams standpoint, this has been a rough year for him. He was pretty good last year. I thought he had a really nice year for the Bulls. And now he's just, he's been in and out of the starting lineup. His minutes have been all, kind of all over the place. It's just been a weird year. Now he's got this uh, uh, bone bruising, I guess it is, in his foot or whatever it is. And he's going to miss a couple weeks. And that that's tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not not ideal for a 22-year-old year that mm-hmm. seemed to be on the rise.
2: contract year, too.
1: Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. He's at, uh, on the season, he's at 10 points, which is just a little bit below his career high, which was the season before. Uh, almost four rebounds, 1.5 assists. I mean, he's basically, he's kind of stalled out, right? He's basically yeah. doing the same thing that he did last season. Just a lot right? of that's minutes and roll. Yeah. Right? his
2: minutes are down. Yeah. Just a
1: little bit, slightly less efficient than he was last year. But you would have liked to have seen in year four, like a, a significant step forward, and we just kind of haven't seen that.
2: Yep. Yeah, so he could be a really good second draft guy for, mm-hmm. for a team where it's, hey, let's try to snag him uh, maybe, maybe even in the next week here. Try to get him, and then then you get his restricted rights, and you can control the process for yourself if you really think he, he's somebody, especially if you're a team that is, uh, well, let's just say, a little uh, weak on like big wings. Uh, maybe, maybe you're thinking, yeah, we could grab Patrick Williams and bring him in and, and try to get him healthy first of all, and then you'll give him – 30 minutes a night and see what it looks like. And then we can make our own decision in restricted free agency. I wouldn't mind seeing them get a fresh start.
1: Uh, Keith, before we go here, a little, a little unscheduled nonsense, I suppose. I'm assuming you saw LeBron's hourglass. (laughs) Isn't this a great time of year? Like you could like, I want somebody else now to tweet out like an alarm clock or, or something like that, you know, just something random, like, uh, or a stop sign or I don't know, just throw out some red, like, you could mean anything and tweet out any object and people will run with it and take it to mean whatever you want. And I would, if I was a player, I would be having so much fun with that right now.
2: So I'm going to do three, three quick things. First is, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, it's cryptic emoji season. Let's <laughs> That's go. right. And then, uh, I like to think he was just catching up on old episodes of the front office show. And he was a big fan of the sand through the hourglass names of, of our lives, lives, right? Yep. Maybe that's what it was. I'll tell the story. I've told it on the show before, but I'll tell it again. I was in the visiting locker room in Orlando. This was several years ago. No, I won't say who the team was or who the player was, but the player was in trade rumors and the player in the locker room said, Hey guys, watch this all he tweeted out was the eye emojis the one where it's like the the, the two big guys mm-hmm. together and they they sat there and laughed and cackled like school children for like 20 minutes about how funny the reactions were that were like people were like oh he got traded where are you going and you know and, you know and then all this speculation that came along with it and I I will say this guy never got traded they never ended up getting traded. Um, you know, that trade Oh, Tell me it was
1: John Collins. (laughs) It it wasn't.
2: That'd be funny if it was, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, it just that's the stuff that happens right this time of year is you know, and and the players know they know how much we're all glued to this stuff Mm -hmm. and and everything. So, hey, they at least we're not talking about an LOL tweet, right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then, did you see his excuse
2: yeah, After the
1: game, yeah. like if yeah. you've gone on the 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 twitter or x app at all like the quote tweet and or whatever the the quote button and the post button they're nowhere near each other. it's a very different process to do the two things i'm like Sure, sure, yeah. sure you he, meant he to was, quote meant tweet, to, tweet something.
2: He meant to quote quote tweet it from uh, Eric Bledsoe's hair salon. That's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. I, know. Somebody <laughs> I don't want to be here
1: anymore. Somebody said, well, were you trying to quote the Lakers lineup <laughs> right? announcement? Or was that, was yeah. that what you were That's what to, I almost wondered. Quote.
2: Like, was that the mistake you made? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lakers, Lakers-Celtics tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, Celtics just released their injury report. The only one on there is Luke Cornett. So Boston yes, is, uh, the- is as healthy as they've been uh,
1: this year. That is that is par for the course. If you are playing the Lakers, that will heal you up faster than than Wolverine's healing factor. That gets everybody healthy, um, right? <laughs> including Dejounte Murray, who was great the other night. Um, we'll
2: see about AD, right? That's the the, the big one floating mm-hmm. out there for the Lakers. Will he be ready to go or not?
1: Right. Yeah, he's been dealing with with hip spasms. Um, the, the Christian Wood thing for people who don't know what the heck we're talking about. Christian Wood tweeted out, "LOL," like right after the Lakers put out their lineup, which featured. Jackson Hayes starting over him in the starting five, despite Anthony Davis being out. And so a lot of people took that to mean he was not happy with, with that situation.
2: You know, being semi-serious about this coaches are reluctant when a guy has found a good rhythm coming off the bench Mm -hmm. to just plug them in the starting five and Wood's been playing better off the bench. I think in recent weeks than he had for a while. And I think that's all it was. I think it was, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to screw up that rhythm And knowing Jackson Hayes was probably, I don't know how many minutes totally ended up playing, but it was probably going to be, he's only going to play about the first five minutes of each half. And then it's, it's you and small ball lineups and we'll cobble it all together and figure it out from there. So I, I totally get it. Like, this is not an uncommon thing, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm, (laughs) let's just say I'm not, I'm not necessarily buying what the, what, what our buddy Chris Wood's
1: selling there. Yeah, Jackson Hayes wound up play playing that. like 24 minutes or something like yeah. that, but that's because it was a blowout, and, you yeah. know, and all that. Yeah,
2: game got away from him. Yeah, it
1: it did big time. Anyway, all right, so uh, I can't wait to see what emojis we get to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you remember that, like the uh, all the emojis when uh, DeAndre Jordan yes. was was getting barricaded in his or- home. Screenshots
2: um, of emojis because Paul <laughs> Pierce didn't know how to tweet emojis. <laughs> Scre- screenshots of what was it—the rocket ship in the car that's, or whatever it was right. in the airplane? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my! That
2: was that was the that of all time stupid nights in the NBA. That in the witch Brooks night are oh two of yeah my favorite Dylan Brooks or Sean Brooks? Yeah. That was so good, and then Game of Zones like made fun of the Brooks thing. Yeah, like like a, a little while later. So yeah, those were two of my all time silly nights in the NBA. Whereas you know they they barricaded DeAndre Jordan in his house, and then the uh, the witch Brooks like the witch Brooks thing. That's just so
1: good. That was that was so bizarre. Good. That was that yeah. was pretty funny. Um, Mark Cuban driving around looking for DeAndre. Yes. Jordan.
2: <laughs> yeah. out.
1: he's out driving oh, around man. the town trying to find him um there were some funny things happening yeah. happening I, league, I can only man, imagine what we're delivers.
2: gonna it's 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 the dumbest most wonderful league in the entire world i love it, it really
1: so much. is it really is
2: people somebody asked me the other day they're like there's a lot of nba guys who watch wrestling like, you don't watch wrestling and i was like i get all the soap opera drama i need from the nba like right. I, I just, I don't need to watch it. I have no problem. Anybody who likes wrestling, like fine. I loved it. You know, when I was younger and then loved it again, when I was in college, we went through a whole phase where that's all we did was stone cold. You know that? Yeah. Stone cold DX, the rock, yep. like all them. But yeah, I just, now it's my, my, my drama's quota is filled nightly by the NBA. I'm good.
1: Yeah. We get plenty with the NBA. That's for sure. All right, everybody. We'll wrap things up there. Do appreciate you. Make sure that you uh follow us over on the podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then, of course, on the YouTube channel, subscribe and don't forget to turn on those notifications. Keep you up to date on everything leading up to the trade deadline. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.